It's Tuesday, September 6th. You're listening to the Tech Breakfast Podcast, the show that brings you delicious tech news and all the hot takes you can handle with Tyler Gates, Russ Cantwell, and Aaron Bewley. It's episode 266. How's it going, fellas? What so good. Okay. Uh, my daughter learned how to swim magically. Hey. And, uh, you know, Brooks is crawling all over the place, just smiling at everyone. That dude really loves to flirt with women at the... <laughs> <laughs> He's a lady killer. He's going to be a problem, I'm pretty sure. But it's uh, it's a lot of fun to watch that happen because and he'll get mad at him. He'll you know he'll um he'll smile at someone and they'll talk to him and they'll turn away and then his face will instantly move to like, what are you doing? I'm still here. Like you you're supposed to be interacting with me, and uh, I just really enjoy watching that happen. So you know it's all good on my end. So my mom has a very specific memory of me in 1989 when I was five years old singing Need You Tonight by NSX in a grocery store to a lady at the deli counter. And <laughs> if you know the lyrics, yeah, it's definitely um, lady killer material. But there you go. That's funny. Get it. Okay. <laughs> and then I lost all my charm and wit shortly after that. All right. Uh, Y'all ready? You want to start with I'm some ready. Of today's tech history? Yes, sir. Let's do it. Google Satellite. This is in quotes. Google Satellite GOI-1 was launched September 6th. You tell me the year. After five months of delays, the high-resolution Earth observation satellite Google I-1, I'm sorry, GOI-1, is launched from Vandenberg Air Force Base, owned by the corporation GOI-1. Yeah, I would have liked that Google Eye or, or, or uh, that Google Eye. <laughs> That'd be way better. Uh, but GOI-1 is capable of taking high-resolution images with detail of down to 16 inches. However, the U.S. government has restricted that resolution for its own use. Thank you. Uh, we're going to use this. You're not allowed to, they say. Commercial usage is limited to resolutions with detail down to 20 inches. Okay. Uh, don't know what that extra four inches is about. As the exclusive licensee of the images for online mapping purposes, Google had its logo on the Delta II rocket that was used to launch GOI-1. When was this? I'm going to go with 2006. Okay. Feels good. It wasn't the 1920s. This is... I know that. Mm, I'm going to go with Eight, two thousand eight. It was two thousand eight. Correct, sir. Dang it. Such a bad year for everything else, but Google launching <laughs> satellites and stuff. You know? Well, I was Good. I was yeah. trying to back it out of the fact that I used like a printed Mapsco map in twenty eleven when I got to Italy, and it's like, all right, so Google Maps was coming, but they needed lots of data. I'm sure they're working out some kinks and getting all the rest of the app together. So I, I've just backed off a little bit and I couldn't go all the way to 06 because somebody else already picked that. <laughs> in the world. Dude, this <laughs> is smart enough. enough. <laughs> okay, this is crazy. This is going to send me off into um, some crazy Google uh, rabbit trail later on. But GOI1 provides 0.41 meter, so that's 16 inch, Panchromatic, go look that up. Uh, actually, sorry, I'll tell you, it's a type of black and white photographic emulsion that is sensitive to all anyway. Multispectral imagery at NADAR in 15.2 kilometers swaths. So dude, there's a whole bunch of stuff in there. Have you heard of NADAR? Nadir, maybe? 
NAD. I have not. IR. Nadir. It's the direction pointing directly below a particular location. Okay. If I have, I'd entirely forgotten it. So, no, I'm not familiar. Yeah. New for me. It's like, it's got to be something like geosynchronous, whatever. Anyway, I'm going to stop reading this stuff because it's confusing me. But that seems super cool. I'm going to have to check it out. I didn't realize that they were that detailed, though. High resolution detail. Yeah, that's crazy. I didn't realize that they were told they had to back off because of how. (laughs) I mean, that's pretty cool. Like, don't yeah. do that. That's that's a little military grade there. <laughs> yeah, we don't <clears throat> don't need you looking at our bases that closely or our warships. Okay. Well, let's move yeah. on from that. Uh, all right, what are you guys thinking? Okay, we ready for some stuff? I, I got some stuff. Yeah, I think we're ready for some stuff. Um, I feel like we're moving a little wanna, slow right here at the beginning. I, I want to say in our last episode, maybe the one before. I don't know. We talked about my frustrations with my work laptop. I will say I I, I blew up my personal laptop. <laughs> On complete accident so yay linux uh it all broke um completely my fault but what are you gonna do um so I, someone in my family uh, reached i guess listens to our podcast which is great you know share it with your friends Boys. and family, family we say it out Absolutely. there I'm, I'm i'm eating the dog food and uh they had reached out to me uh and they'd because re- they'd recently gotten an iphone in fact i think i mentioned in maybe a tweet or something that like at one point in time a certain percentage of my family is on android and now everyone in my family, except for me, is is on the iPhone. So they had reached out to me and they were like, are you finally ready to stop supporting <laughs> the ad industry? And I said, oh, my God. Ooh, are you <laughs> bad take of the day. Is this a conversation that you're prepared to have, Aunt Lisa? And, and the answer is no. <laughs> um, but I was. So, so we had Hi, a one-way Lisa. conversation. Yeah. Thanks for listening, um, Aunt Lisa. <laughs> and so I... You know, I, I go through various points, right? I even referenced, you know, the the whole ad tracking transparency. We'd said on the episodes back when they released, like, all first-party data, or all data is first-party data to Apple, all of this stuff. I mentioned their multi-billion dollar ad uh, practice that they have, as well as the growth and its expected growth by 2025, which is, it just, it is Insane, magnificent. Sure. I mean, like, good for them, right? It's phenomenal sure. revenue. In any way, shape, or form... I get a, uh, I, I just look on kind of the top posts and Reddit today and from, from our technology, which is a great, great area. Apple is gaining on Facebook and Google in online ads after wow. iOS privacy change report shows, which by the way, yes, sir. not shocking. Not it's at all. part of the plan and that's okay. Just so everyone's aware, it's a part of the plan. It's not shocking, both of which are okay. But it's just remarkable to me that I get that comment. So I'm going to. Is it okay though? Is it? Are we okay with that? Are we okay with a platform owner giving themselves a distinct market advantage by edging out competition? Yes. No. No. That feels not okay. I'm not okay with that. (laughs) Build a better platform. My 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 okayness is is that I'm okay with Apple moving into ads and growing their revenue that way. Like I'm oh, for sure. I, everyone's, for sure. Everyone is going to do like Netflix is working on this. Like here's yeah, the okay. thing. That people I see don't what realize. you're saying. Yeah. I was I'm talking just, about the, the monopolistic parts of it. No, no, no. I'm never okay with What's any monopolistic? of that. Like, Sorry. I won't take the well, bait. Go ahead. No, no, no. Don't. No, no. Yeah. You should take the bait. I want to listen to this. <laughs> it sounds fun. Go ahead. Let's play the game. Well, Listening. you got no, prove, prove you to me it's inappropriate. With, 
The, oh, I believe it's inappropriate. Monopolistic, that's a little bit of a buzz, right? Because monopolistic kind of, at least in some some capacity, implies that they're the only player in the game, which we, we all know is not the case, right? We just named a few that are very much in the game of advertising and that being a core uh, function of their business. But we have a long precedent of not allowing some IP holders to edge out competition. The easiest, most applicable one that comes to mind immediately would be Microsoft and what became Edge, right? Internet Explorer, because they were even hammered for offering options, a level playing field to others, and they got in trouble for just putting theirs a little more front and center. Even though you could just as easily initially install Firefox or Safari even, they got hammered for putting Internet Explorer in the middle and making it a little bigger kind of stuff. And this is the exact same thing. They have not leveled the playing field. They've given themselves a distinct advantage on iPhones. So they're taking IP they own and they're crippling competitors in the same space, but not holding themselves to the same standard. They're just protecting they your can privacy. Do, well, not your no, privacy because you all. don't use an Apple, but they're, they're protecting, not protecting anyone's privacy. They're just using it for their gain over their competitive gain. It, this all comes down to the basis of trust. Like, who do you trust with data? This notion of like privacy X, Y, or Z. It's it's not about like absolute true privacy. We've gone through the options. If you actually want to try and pull some of that off yourself, by the way, like I'm looking, if I look at my Pixel 6 right now, which is not my day-to-day use of phone. But if I look at that right now, I have it is not running the Android AOSP, whatever you want to call it. Like I'm I'm leveraging uh Calyx OS. It has micro G installed on it. I have a local VPN blocking independent apps from like communicating with each other. All of my apps come outside of Google specific ones come from uh F Droid. They're all open source and I can see them. They, most of them they don't show any form of pulling data at all, and you can see it. So you want to go something like you could go that route or even further, and there are further ways of going for absolute privacy. What's really happening between Samsung and Google and you know Apple and whoever's is choosing who you're comfortable having your data. And that's a perfectly fine thing to have going on, but to say that you're just completely private from the world. If they're transparent about is, it. But they're not transparent about it. They're implying that that is inherently more private, but it's not. It's just more Apple private. That's fine. Would you like us to hold all the eggs in our basket? That would be fine. (laughs) But they don't say that. They're like, you're more secure. It's why your aunt was confused. You're you're, you're absolutely right in that regard. 100% 100 agree. I'm just pointing out. It's not that it's more private. I'm just pointing out that whoever's choosing for one reason or another, and I will tell you, they're, they're all flawed. Because one is just a part of the campaign and the the visibility of the company. The other part is based on the way, like you have all these privacy and, 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 you know, security dashboards, all these things in Android phones. No one cares about that because of Google's root business, right? So like you just have these things that people will perceive and they'll make decisions based off of anecdotes for them, for, for Apple smartly and wisely, their anecdotes have been, we're better than them at this privacy game stuff. Don't worry about our ad business; it's not relevant, right? So it's like <laughs> for the yeah, and for the for the sake of the show, and I don't I don't want to say this for the sake of the show, but Tyler, I I agree with you, and I think Ugh. what Apple is doing is something that <laughs> they know is 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 yeah. is it's, what it's you're the saying. Beginning of what makes the, them evil, 
Right, but they haven't. They, they haven't. They, they lie to your face, but they tell you that it's in your best interest, and then they slowly yeah. erode their ability to be a trusted partner. And we get correct. We we get the deletion of the "don't be evil," right? Right. Like yeah, from Google. Yes, it's it's a they slippery just haven't gotten slope. In trouble. Yeah, they just haven't gotten. Oh, in trouble they haven't gotten yet. in trouble. They haven't and gotten then, caught from the society yet. And and yeah. to to Russ's point, like the ones. The, those people that are aware of the difference between this is genuinely private and this is just a different company making money off of your your known you know interactions in the platform, like they're accepting that as well. I'd rather have Apple do it. That's fine. I'm okay with that decision. I completely agree that if if you get a choice in that regard, that's better for everybody. But a lot of people don't understand that that's it was never presented that way. It was a bold face. This is more private, but it's not actually more private. Yes. And Russ, to answer your question, because I listen to the show, I trust no one, which is why every other right. week I have to turn off my phone <laughs> and go sit in the woods for three days just to like <laughs> level out. This makes me, that makes me very happy. Um, by the way, um, I sent, I, there was an article that was like malware's targeting Linux. And I found this and I sent it to a few people and they were like, oh my gosh, Linux is susceptible too. And I know we've talked about this before, but I was like, what is wrong with you? Like, this is insane. Under a rock? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Every operating system is susceptible. So and this is, this is the point that I have for people. Like I've spent the weekend working on uh, various things. Like for instance, um, you know what? I'm going to give a little bit of advice as I walk through this, and, and I'm not going to take um, I'm not going to take you know any issues if you run into problems with them. So it's really use at your own will. But like when I'm talking about hardening certain things from a security perspective, I look at Windows. Like most people don't know this. This came up in the conversation. Windows, because it's been exposed to, to so many viruses over the years, Microsoft Defender is actually a really darn good antivirus threat protection software. It's really good. In fact, if you go look at its AV test credentials, it is as good or better than the vast majority of third-party options. In fact, the last like two months, it's rep reported a 100% hit rate of efficacy. So like that is really, really good. There's some things that it doesn't go for though. So like one thing that I do, because people ask me, uh, Aunt Lisa asked me actually, um, what should I do to protect my system? And I said, you should leverage uh, Microsoft Defender, if you are needing to use Office apps, you might as well subscribe to O365 and leverage OneDrive for, for you know, a second tertiary copy of data off of the computer to back it up. And then you should add in Malwarebytes and disable its registration with the, with the operating system, which is just a button that you click so that it runs alongside of it. And I do use the paid version and it, it will catch additional things that the Microsoft piece isn't looking for, but be very lightweight simple. You don't have to do a lot with it. That combination is really, really good for probably the majority of people out there. These are things you have to consider your threat model for and like what is more important to you. But like that's a really good piece. There's other things that I do to the operating system, like the way I configure my browsers, the way I configure my home network. This is a whole defense in depth thing. But part of what I do when I'm going through security is I also do things for privacy reasons. Like for instance, going into setting up Windows 11. I make sure that I have Windows 11 Pro so that I can have an offline local account. I disable all of the different checks that you have for uh, telemetry that they give you, which doesn't disable everything that you have in the system to do so. So I use something called O&O. &O. 
in order to block additional telemetry collection within the system. And then when I sign into accounts, I do them specifically for those apps or the app ecosystem and not the OS. And so you have a bunch of these independent pieces that you can do to be very thorough about controlling the system. And that's the thing that for people like me, I think you can do you can do that on an Android phone. I can lock down my Android phone very well like that. I can lock down Linux like that. I can lock down my Windows systems like that. The thing that Apple is good at, but then also can irritate people like me, is I think Apple does a really good job of giving you what I would call, and many other people refer to, it's not my term, sane defaults. Meaning that from the beginning, in general, they're probably going to be better out of the box at some of these things. And in order to get that, you will be giving up some semblance of control, which can be fine because the control is only as good as the person who goes and exercises the right to use that control. But to come and blanketly state one is better than the other for these things is insane to me. Like if you want to come to me and say, having Apple products is better for iMessage and FaceTime, I absolutely agree with you. If you want to come to me and say that Windows is better for gaming, I absolutely agree with you. But if it's just like this blanket security and privacy thing, that's insanity to me because the topic is too nuanced to be able to be that way. And so these these things bother me while at the same time, I completely support the business side of what they're driving. The things I don't support are Google helping governments with like AI stuff that they that they build out. And that makes me not want to use Google stuff, by the way, not because of ads. But because I know the data I give them makes them better at AI, which is something I, I think they need to be because I think they need to help the U.S. with that. But then when they but go Russ, help the Saudi if government. If you're not breaking the law, you don't need to be worried about them knowing everything. Duh. Are you trying to make <laughs> me get louder in this thing? Like, what I want to see if it's possible for you to break your mic with voice waves. Oh, my gosh. Oh, hey, I'm curious. Up, Mike. So- can't stand it. Russ, <laughs> Russ you're, you're touching on, so that, that security level conversation, you're touching on a conversation that, and we have a listener that just joined in. Uh, Todd, I'm curious if you have any opinions on that. If you feel like you would like to come off mute, fantastic. I'd love to hear your input on it. If not, no pressure. I'll give you a second. Go, Todd. I'm sorry, guys. I'm, I'm working and also listening, so I'm, I'm not even sure what topic we're on. So I'm, I'm just <laughs> okay. <laughs> Long time is in the time You can edit that. <laughs> we won't. No, just I guess just kind of piggybacking off of what Russ was talking about. Um, I guess from your your uh, your company perspective, dealing with computers and helping people with computers, how much of what you see is around security and what's your general opinion on how you approach it? If I can ask that way. I mean, everything right now is about security, right? I mean, you know, some of the forefront of our sales apparatus is talking about security and the, I think 20 vendors we have to manage to do it, to meet uh, what are effectively insurance standards now. So there's a lot of pressure from the insurance industry, uh, you know, in in organizations that aren't under any sort of compliance standard that we now have to to answer to. Yeah, makes sense. And so in general, when you think of, you know, keywords like Apple or Microsoft or Android, where does your brain go from a security perspective on each of those? So I caught some of what Russell was talking about uh, in the sense that Windows is doing a very good job on on their front. Uh, and from an organization that manages a lot of other smaller, sometimes organizations, uh, Microsoft provides us, 
provides us with a ton of tools to to manage that. Um, on the security front, you know, we're not managing a whole lot of Linux. We do have a little bit of Apple, um, but most of our security stack is built around the Microsoft front. Uh, yeah. Question for you, Todd. Are you saying that like you guys would manage a lot around even Microsoft Defender? I actually thought that a third party tool would actually be a scenario where someone who's managing, helping to manage other people's policies maybe would be better off using something like, I mean, I don't know, Bitdefender or whatever. I don't, you know, I don't know what it would be, but it's like, I'm, I actually, I'm sort of, I like got a personal level. I, I obviously, we just, we just mentioned the same things there. I'm just surprised to hear it. Is that even at the uh, management, the organizational level, Microsoft tooling is, is being used? I mean, you you've, you guys have talked about Intune quite a bit, um, and that may not be a you know you're not necessarily talking about a security apparatus or a, or a, a pane of glass to witness what's going on at the security level, but right. it does offer us a lot of control over devices and what can and cannot be done. Which got you know, it. You know, security is still a, the, the biggest threat vector is still the user, right? <laughs> Tell Big, me about it. Are you all listening? Say that again. <laughs> Say it again. <laughs> Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, the, the biggest threat vector is the user. So, you know, you can make suggestions, but, you know, what is it? I tried to, I tried to come up with metaphors for some of our client base. Um, you know, and it was like, look, I can deliver a tank to your front door, bulletproof glass. It'll take any kind of hit, really. Uh, but if you are driving around and you open up a passenger hatch and just let somebody in with a gun, with a sandwich ready to go for them, you're in big trouble. <laughs> right. This is. I don't know why but that just they happened. But bulletproof. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they you were guys. talking about me, Todd. They're inside my tank. <laughs> right. Yeah. We've like, all seen Tron, right? Me? Yeah. No. Think about all those memes. Like, how how could this happen to me? Like we've all we've all seen Tron, I assume, and it's like even when you know they enter the computer, the, the, the programs are obsessed with this concept of a user. They're like, user. It's like such a big deal to them that the user's there. And now I'm thinking of it like they're actually scared, not because of the power the user has, but because of what they might let into the system. That's probably what all of the programs were worried about inside this of This is why uh, Dolly 2 labels me as a human when I engage with it. Human. That's right. I love that, by the way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh my! That is perfect. Yeah, and, and for clarification, because because Russ uh, uh, very pointedly was asking in a chat, um, Todd, how would you describe what your business does? I don't want to put any words in your mouth. Uh, so we are fractional IT. Um, so when a company is growing, I, you know, our target client is going to be a, a a group that is beginning to scale. Probably 15 users is when an owner or somebody internally is having trouble managing their own IT. So we come in as a mature IT department. So a good example is, you know, fractional finance, fractional accounting. Uh, you might outsource a CFO. We're sort of like an outsourced CIO. Does that answer the question? It yeah, does. It. We have similar services for like our very small customers. I actually, it's funny you ask. I have a group of field CTOs and field CISOs that, that roll to me in, in my organization. And I actually get asked all the time if we provide fractional CTO or CISO services, especially around the CISOs. And the answer is actually no, my group doesn't does not contract out. But I do get asked about it all the time. So yeah, absolutely. 
understand what right. you're I, I wouldn't say like, you know, yeah. we're we're working from the ground up. You know, I started offering IT services when I was, you know, probably what, Tyler, twenty years ago, more. Yeah, um, what it was just, yeah, like two thousand, two thousand one. So, you know, you think about how the landscape has changed so much. Uh, you know, we we are, you know, trying to stay ahead of the curve. And then we've got to bring our client base up to that level, you know, uh, going from just repairing computers to managing IT to, you know, outsourcing an entire IT department. Uh, it, it is, it's been an evolutionary, you know, challenge, you know, you're the, you're the IT guy. Now you're, now you're responsible for protecting the entire building and every single user from unknown threats. Yeah. Todd, how would anyone listening uh, contact you if they're interested in what you're saying? You can check us out at hcsts.com. Um, that'll that'll give us a baseline of sort of what we do. Uh, most of our marketing is done through word of mouth. So, you know, maybe this could be an opportunity to to meet some some folk. We're not um, we're not we're not we don't have a CISO on staff. Uh, we do have partners that we work with. You know, to push a lot of that responsibility upriver. Um, and then we have great connections for pretty much any vertical you can think of. So if you're if you're legal uh, and you're and you need you know let's say government level security, we've got we've got people in our network to help you out. Awesome. Well, uh, get back to work, Todd. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks for dragging me in here. Impromptu. I should have just left that on mute. Anyway, good to meet you guys. Take it easy. Yeah. Welcome. Thanks, man. Join anytime, man. It's good, uh, good to see your name in here. Thanks. All right. Um, <laughs> get back to work. That was awesome. I love, I love talking to him. Uh, all right. What else we got in the news here? Um, Apple is still on the big board here. Uh, they have an iPhone 14 event that kicks off tomorrow. Let's see. Ooh, I, heard, uh, I heard the next that. gen of the, um, uh, what What do they call them? The EarPod Pros are coming out. Or they're going to be in there. Oh, really? So, Okay. Yeah. That's, okay. I'm actually sorry about that because that's a super competitive space. Um, both in audio. Well, actually, it's it's a lot of stuff, right? So audio quality, obviously, top of the top of the list. The ability to uh, act the of the active noise canceling system is is always really high up on the you know feature list of things they're looking for. Audio transparency has become really important lately, as well as like fit, given that they're. IP whatever rated these days, you know, depending on what what you actually get, and yeah. then uh, interoperability is a big one. So, for for Apple, uh, they obviously have the iPhone sort of interoperability pretty nailed down, but they they don't always kill it with audio quality or um, battery life, for instance, is another big one, right? Um, so it's always kind of cool because I, I feel like their track record for iterative benefit or, or gaining in those spaces is usually pretty strong. So it would be, it'll be really cool to see if they broadly solve some problems. And I say that really specifically because one of the speculations is that, that the audio quality side of things, they, they may just stick to, and I'm going to forget what the actual codec is, but the Apple lossless codec, um, as opposed to leveraging like the most modern, um, Bluetooth, um, standards to to deliver high audio quality and the problem with that is that it it doesn't there may not be as broad of a baseline for where that's going to be supported it could be strictly you know iphone for instance so i'm kind of curious to see how that goes and see if they actually uh you know lift themselves up from already a pretty good position everybody i know that has 
pros really likes them. But yeah. from from what I can tell from research and talking to people, there there are still some really strong offerings from like Sony's way up there. Um, sure has some decent ones, and and I think Bose is still in in the competitive even for in ear stuff. So um, yeah, I don't know. I'm actually of of all the things, and I can't believe I'm saying it. I'm kind of excited to hear what they have to say. Well, <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong because we <laughs> talked about this last week. Um, we were talking about how much Apple or how many Apple products you own. I said, I think zero. And then I was like, no, I think he no. owns the Apple AirPod Pros. Is that the only one? I actually, I don't thing? have the pros. I have, I have the old school, the AirPods. Um, okay. AirPods. Yeah. Uh, that's it. That's, I mean, I had iPods yes. way back in the day. I had touches when they were absolutely groundbreakingly amazing. And then when cell phones took over, it, uh, it didn't play out as much. I just and, needed to know if I, I was think right. I've said it before. Yeah. You, yeah. No, you got, you got real close. It's not <laughs> no, pros. No. And I think if I had the pros, I'd like them. Um, from like I yeah. said, what I heard, they they're really good. They're amazing. The the iPods yeah. themselves, they they do what they need to do, which is all I really care about. I I would prefer, and I'd probably use them more if they have uh, what do they call it, Russ? You probably know that multi point for Bluetooth, so you can have multiple assets yeah. simultaneously connected to it, and it will just hand off. That that is absolutely important for uh, me. It has that. Uh, they mm, do they? Yeah. My the pros AirPod Pros do. Yeah, yeah the but pros I think might, you have to be on the right the ecosystem. <clears throat> you have to be on the right ecosystem inside the <laughs> world garden. I'm probably just going to ditch their earphones. Because <laughs> whenever I jump from whatever is standard. Yeah, whenever I jump from <laughs> you know my MacBook to my phone or whatever, it just it goes. It works. Um, so you asked about the IP rating. I'm always fascinated by this. I don't know how much y'all know about it, but the IP rating for those uh, the AirPod Pros is IPX4 which I was trying to figure out the X aspect of it because usually it's a, it's, it's a two digit number and the IP stands for ingress protection. We've talked about this on the show before, but I am like, I don't know, uniquely fascinated by the, the rating and how they do it and all that kind of fun stuff. I don't know why, but I don't know. I'm trying to sit here and Google why, why it's an X instead of a number because that first number is for solids and the second number is for water. So the four is protected against water splashes from all directions uh, so limited ingress uh, permitted. It's not designed for water sport. You can't swim with them in your ear, right? Uh, the first one being physical, and then I always just laugh at the the solid. Like the the very first one is like a hand. Can like a hand get inside of it? And then can a finger get inside? And then can a screwdriver <laughs> get inside? And then can a wire get inside? And then can particles get inside? And then can you know? I feel like they should have but, used more interesting standards, like the tip of yeah. a narwhal's horn. That's way more fun <laughs> right. than a finger. Yeah. Well, it just shows a hand like trying to get inside. The, I don't know. It's just it's funny to me. A seal's flipper. But uh, yeah, that would be even more funnier. Um, okay, but back to the announcement. So stuff you can expect, and we'll probably talk about it on Friday, um, but there'll be four new models on the iPhone 14, apparently. There'll be a new Apple Watch. iOS 16 will drop. Um, so those are the, those are the top things that people are suggesting. And there's the, the always thing, rumors and rumbles around, um, like AR, VR, XR oh yeah. headsets and announcements around that. So I feel like did they should keep an eye for that. that. They, don't they, did you, you may have mentioned it, but the watch too, they've got a, their, the new version of the Apple watch Yeah, series uh, eight. Yep. So, so I think between the watch, obviously the iPhone release, um, XR, that would be huge if they, if they actually make some yes. serious announcements around what they're doing in that space, that would, that would be a game changer. But when it comes to iPhone and, and even the iWatch or, uh, the, what I like to see there is that they do as usual move, move the needle, which drags the industry forward or they play catch up in some places. They're not always leading the pack, but 
where they where they are killing it, they do tend to drag other players forward. So I'm always I'm always listening just to see you know what, basically what are they going to incite the rest of the industry to do. Yeah, yeah. And one of the things that I'm most excited about the eight that I wish they would have figured out on the previous series is being able to have the watch itself function in low power mode. So like when I went and did that big run, I, I wish there was an easy default. Um, Russ, you were talking about like uh, sane defaults or whatever, right? It's, which made me yep. think about whenever last several times I've set up a Windows 11 system, I was like, this is insane. I don't want to do any of the things that they're suggesting. So they have like an insane default. But back to my point with the with the watch, I wish there was a way to say, okay, I'm going to be doing this thing, AKA like in this example, running 38 miles or whatever. Uh, put it in low power mode and still let me do this turn off everything else like i don't oh, want, yeah i don't want notifications from my security camera that, that the ups guy is at my front door while i'm out here it's not helpful for me right now right i'm in this focused mode and i want all of my power going to this because it died before i was able to to get to the end of it right but when an, mm. when an apple watch goes into low power mode which it'll automatically do at 10 percent, unless you say you know no or whatever um, then it will literally, it will only show you the clock. That's it. That's the only possible thing. So it looks like it's now, um, you know, you can still see complications and, and you, it'll go to black and white. It'll simplify what it's, what it's, uh, showing you and stay within that app, limit notifications, all that kind of fun stuff. So excited about that. I'm excited yeah, about the nice. iOS 16 rolling out. Cause right now I think it's only in beta and, uh, yes. I've heard that the like improvements to iOS 16 from an iPad perspective, especially if you were to like connect it Ooh. to a screen, are much I better. I, I, well, I, I read some early reports that people were super disappointed with it, but then as far as like people who use it every day, which I imagine they have more of an opinion to share than I would. But one of my um, team members was talking. He, I mean, he was actually joining calls with us from it and stuff like that and he just he he was very impressed with it so i'm interested in because i don't i don't tend to install the beta updates uh so i'm looking forward to that rolling out is like you know the whatever the general availability for everyone else yeah the lock uh, screen looks be, like it's going to be significantly better which i'm excited about and you'll you'll have always on and stuff like that so it's i nice. think that the things that I saw, and it'll be interesting to see when the specifics come out, was the way the multitasking is going to work for like multi-window and multi-app support. That people were hoping to see a better form of that, which which I can I can relate to because I think I think the iPad is a it's not a missed opportunity because they do great with it. So it's it's hard to say it's missed, right? You sort of argue against success here, which is difficult. But I do think the iPad has the ability to like really crack open this market of what like Samsung tries to do with Dex, which which I actually think is pretty cool to use periodically. But if I had to use Dex all the time, which if you don't know what that is, it's when you want to, you can switch to Dex mode, which is basically like a desktop. And I can drag yeah. my apps around and stuff on my tablet or hook it up to a monitor. It's really cool to use right. occasionally, but to use it fully in desktop mode all the time is it's just not it's not there and i think I have the opportunity especially with a device which they kind of wanted to replace laptops with at some point that i think would work really well if they designed it you know in their apple-y type of way like in a way that just you know everything works well together so i think that's the opportunity they have and i think that ios 16 is their first time of really trying to push that so we'll we'll see but I, i'm excited to see what it what it brings to the fold Cool. 
I'll uh, I'll look forward to hearing a rundown from somebody like Zook because I'm almost certainly not going to watch the announcements. Yeah, ignore it. Zook will come on. <laughs> you guys can talk about uh, VMware Explorer on Friday and uh, yeah. do an Apple. I got to collect Apple my notes. Yes. I, had a, I had a very different Explorer experience this time, I feel, because I, I didn't get to go to very many sessions. So I kind of caught the, uh, the updates through social media and stuff like that. So I got to go kind of organize it. Um, I got to participate in VMware's CTAX event, um, which is a customer technical exchange um, and is usually not during the, the big conference, but it's all NDA. So all my notes there are not things I can share. Sorry. Okay, well, I'm going to bring up this other thing. Uh, Google Chrome zero day flaw, users urged to install update immediately. So walk me through this, guys. Help me get educated on this because typically like these days, um, my system just stays on. I've got you know 18 tabs open, and I don't really restart my Chrome unless it says, "Hey, there's an update. You should restart it." And that's only if like I look in the corner and catch that. Um, and that's probably what I imagine the average user looks like. How I, I don't know if you've looked into this flaw. Um, this uh, I haven't, this but, here. but I've got to assume you know it, it's kind of like um, what Kenna scoring, right? So you've got you've got all the vulnerability scores out there and and they come across with different severity ratings but they're they're usually looking at um oh, you know how smart. catastrophic the exploit can be how much how broadly yeah. can it be accessed stuff like that but but what stuff like kind of and I, I assume that's kind of where this is coming from it, it's not just a how bad would it be if this exploit were exploited it's are we seeing it happening in the field is it likely to happen in the way that you're using your systems for instance um, is it is it easy or difficult to perform the exploit? Like, if it's a joke to get in, we're seeing it happen in the wild. It affects every system that runs Linux in anywhere and or Windows, something like that. Like, that's a go fix it right now. Even yeah. even though they could all be nine or ten, you know, from like a CVE perspective, which says it's going to be real bad if this gets exploited. That doesn't necessarily mean that your immediate risk of exploitation is high. So there are other factors that go into it. And I don't know this one, but I did see that notice. Um, and I would what hope is, that they I would hope that the yeah. response from Google in that case would be to to push the you know the red button on the update Chrome, right? Yeah, it says it's it says it looks severe and it's related to Mojo, which I was not aware of, but it's a collection of runtime libraries um, that provide a platform agnostic abstraction. And um, that's it. That's all the details that they give you. And they said it's a high severity security issue. They will not provide exact details of what the security issue is. Um, noting, quote, access to bug details and links may be kept restricted until a majority of users are up to sure. So, well, for so user, I mean, it being, what does that mean? It being early. Does that mean just close your Chrome browser and reopen Let me. Let me help here. So help to give Please. some people some advice. So there's two ways these things happen, right? There's two ways you update. First of all, this happens for every browser. It happens for operating yeah. systems. It happens your phones. Basically, the story here is keep your things but not opera, up though, to right? date. Uh, sure. Yeah, not opera. We'll we'll just say that. No, Bewley. No, you're in trouble. Just kidding. We're gonna work does opera out still exist? Of, it does. Actually, it's probably totally Chrome based. Everything else, not Firefox. Um, I totally okay, let's go through the two, go ahead, two ways these things work. One, these browsers, in general, as a rule of thumb, unless you have disabled them, like, candidly, 
I do, just for resource perspective, um, have an updater service that runs in the background. And periodically, through a rolling release schedule, these things will update themselves. And whenever you restart your computer or you restart Chrome or whatever it is, they will just be up to date. Usually you won't even see anything happen. Now, if you're using Firefox, you will. You'll see a physical bar that goes across that says I'm updating Firefox. But with Chromium-based browsers, you just like with a Google phone, if you've ever updated one, when you restart it, it will just be up to date. There won't be anything that shows that it's been updating. So I have to run for a conflict one. at 2.30, but I would just like to say that closing tabs is for the week. Bye. There you go. <laughs> and so that, that's funny. The other side of this, when you, get a, when you get a notification like this, if you want to do something about it, what you need to do is go into your settings, either a cog menu or the three bars or whatever it is to go down and show your about Chrome or about Firefox or about... Um, What's the Apple one called? Um, Safari. Safari or whatever it is. And usually nine times out of 10, the about area is what will not only show you your version, mm. but it will let you know if it is downloading or is already downloaded or needs to download an update for it. So if I go, if I'm yeah. using Firefox right now, I just now, did it help Chrome about Firefox. About there Chrome. Yeah, there it is. And yep. it did a check. It, it like live checked it right as I went to about Chrome. And it says, Chrome's up to date. Here's your version number. Here's the official build. Yeah, smart. Okay, yeah, so, so if you're listening if you, to this, if you want to force it, Chrome, yeah. Yep. yep, go to about, you know, in your, in your, you know, menu. It might be under help. It might be under just an about section, whatever it is. And it will show up. And you like, I just did it for Firefox. It said, restart Firefox, get an update. I did. So just keep things up to date. It might happen automatically if you regularly life cycle, you know, your instance you're on, either closing them, reopening them, restarting, whatever it is. If it doesn't and you get a notification like this, go to the about or help section, click on that. It will probably download or already will and just needs to restart and all of your tabs will come back. So if you click that, you know, thing, you won't lose your tabs, you know, usually as long as you haven't turned that off, it's on by default by most. And that's how you do this. And that's how we update against critical vulnerabilities that are known as zero day attacks mm, fantastic thank you russ i feel educated yeah. now See, that's why you listen to this came from me value dropping that value oh man uh, probably best to go to get this from an actual security expert of which i am not so just <laughs> but i know more than your average bear anyways i think i think that that's probably going to do it for another one unless you got anything else that you uh that you want to throw out there no, dude, down. I could keep ran, rambling on about random stuff. Um, a big shout out to, gosh, I posted it in the TBP chat. And I guess a reminder too, if you want to join in the conversation that we just have on a daily basis, text chat. And if you ever want to uh, join the show uh, or listen live, join us at t.me slash tech breakfast. And it'll open up a little um, um, uh, like a, a prompt, a window prompt to launch Telegram. If you don't already have it, it'll ask you to download it. Um, this isn't like, you know, spyware or whatever. That's a messaging app and it's a great one. Uh, feel free to join that TBP community and then discover more about Telegram while you're there because it's super cool. Uh, but yeah, other than that, I saw that we were trend or not trending. We were charting in a few key countries that I thought was really cool. Where did I put that? That was, uh, I guess yesterday. I can't find it mm, anymore. I did. I did seen that. I seen it yeah. when you put it in there. I think it was in the TBP community because it wasn't in our, um, for anyone who doesn't know, our SevOps 
group, which is myself, Tyler, and Aaron, where we used to make our SevOps videos. I didn't yeah. say that. Okay. Anyway, whatever. Thanks for listening. That's all I was going to say. And I was going to call out the few countries where we were where we were charting this past week. I think well, Belgium was we'll one find of them. It. Switzerland. Yeah. Throw them a Belgium, shout out. Switzerland, Next. South Korea. That's what it was. There you go. Go ahead. Belgium, Switzerland, South Korea. Thanks for joining us, Belgium, Switzerland, and South Korea, because <clears throat> that's going to do it for another episode of Tech Breakfast Podcast. Uh, Tyler would normally close us down, but he did have to jump, as you mentioned, and he does not approve of any of you closing down tabs. I will tell you, I'm the opposite. I shut things down like every night, just so we're clear, like every night. It's what I do. We can uh, talk about the merits of that some other point in time, but even with spinning disk stuff, I still do it. Just saying. Anyways, thank you for listening. Thank you for joining. Please share this with your friends and family. Lisa, I'll call you later. We'll work through this. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Lisa, and come on the show. Like, we want to talk to you. We'll get her on the show. That's uh, we'll see. You know. <clears throat> Until next time, uh, we'll catch you later. Peace. Later. <laughs>